Namaste, Namaskaram, Vanakam, Namonamaha, Jaganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there's a donate button there if you'd like to help us out. Today's podcast Priya Vihiva Cha Love and Marriage. This podcast was stimulated by looking over an old song from the 1950s in the Western culture entitled Love and Marriage. It was written in the 50s by the famous duo Rogers and Hammerstein. And interesting, if we look at the 1950 era, and sometimes people tend to look nostalgically upon their past and thinking it was kind of an age of innocence, and in many ways that's true because there wasn't the the mass media that we have today, and certainly this is all pre-any kind of computers or technology cell phones. In fact, on TV, you only had three channels. But interestingly enough, the divorce rate was pretty much the same as it is today, and there was a lot of discrimination, racial discrimination, you know, discriminating against women in the workforce. There was the fear of nuclear war. Um, Everybody smoked. So it was just that in many places, unless one lived in the inner cities, in the suburbs especially, people lived in a very isolated Bubble, and from personal experience, I know this. I grew up in a in a totally wasp town in the 1950s in America, and uh, there just was not um, a diversity there of religions and cultures. So it seemed kind of an in, certain innocence, even though there were often fights after school every day. And, but many of us think I think we're just blinded by the circumstances in which we were living. And again, without much mass media, we only understood what was our immediate surroundings. So take that into account when we look at this song. But there were some some classic understandings of human nature that really transcend time. So if we look at love and marriage, or as Hindus would say, priya vihiva cha, love and marriage, do they not go together? Marriage is essentially a union based on love. Certainly by definition, a unification of two people, generally male and female. But in a metaphorical way, one could also look at a marriage, a unification of a love of nature, a love of the creatures, various animals, pet lovers, for example. Married to one's career, married to one's religion. So there is that inherent sense of a true love for something rather than merely a marriage, if you will, of convenience, which often ends in divorce. Interesting, if we look at all these D words or DI, divorce words, it's all about separating, disembowel, divorce, dissect, dismember, disassociate. Whereas the antithesis of that are all the re-words in English. Relationship. Reiterate. Reinforce. Remember. Religion. Hmm, interesting. If we look at the original meaning of this word, the root word religio or religare, it was initially simply an attempt to understand a certain sense of morality that held an individual and groups together. Then later it became associated with the monotheistic religions, and then in a scholarly context, all traditions around the world 
are known as religious traditions. In a sense, the inevitable human attempts to relink, that's the essential meaning of the word religio, to bind or to tie or to relink, to try to get our act together to figure out who we are as individuals, families, whole groups, nations, and religions, of course. These are all, of course, worthwhile endeavors. Now, naturally, there's some times that we need to separate, to divorce from certain things, from certain individuals, but when it becomes a habit pattern, this can be extremely debilitating. And everyone at some point realizes that this habitual pattern of separating from individuals, from things, becomes a very negative occurrence in one's life, and hence the birth of religion, if you will, or trying to relink, relate, rebind, tie up things together to try to get our act together again, if you will. Hence the words of that song, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage. It's the truth, my brother, you can't have one without the other. Try, try, try to separate them. It's an illusion. Try, 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 and you will only come to one conclusion that love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage. It's the truth, my brother. You can't have one without the other. Now, here at the Classical Yoga Hindu Academy, Dharma Yoga Ashram, we obviously focus on respecting religion, spirituality in general, and certainly the Hindu yoga religion, or Hindu dharma specifically. Hence, Priya Vahiva Cha. Now, there's a famous rishi in the Hindu yoga dharma, Rishi Kalidasa. And he is quoted as saying, and interestingly, he didn't start out as a very intellectually astute individual, to say the least, but through his efforts... And through the grace of Makali and Masarasvati, he developed into a supreme rishi of high intellect. And he said, Vagarta vihiva sampritao. Words and their meanings are ever united like a marriage. Hmm. And, not coincidentally, in the Yoga Darshana, which is one of the six orthodox systems of Hindu philosophy, also called the Yoga Sutras or the Raja Yoga of Patanjali, he makes a very striking statement. Sabdayana nupati vastu sunyo vikalpa. Delusion vikalpa arises anupati when we take word knowledge, sabdayana, devoid sunyo of facts vastu. Sabdayana nupati vastu sunyo vikalpa. In other words, words and their meanings. Now, to change the words of this song to suit our studies, how about Indu-Hindu, Yoga-Hindu, go together like a Bindu and a Hindu? It's the truth, my brother. You can't have one without the other. Santien Shanti, Saktien Shakti. Siva Sakti is Shiva Shakti. It's the truth, my brother. You can't have one without the other. Try, try, try to separate them. It's an illusion. 
try, 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 you will only come to one conclusion, that religion and spiritual. Spiritual and religion. Go together, why create such division? It's the truth, my brother. You can't have one, you can't have none. You can't have one without the other. And it's the truth, my sister. Why create an emotional twister? So let's look at these words. Indu-Hindu. Indu is the original homeland. It's a beautiful word. It's also a constellation, the constellation Indus, the Indus River Valley. Hence the people, and then this became their practices. Hinduism later, if you will. So it doesn't matter if you say Hindu or Hindu, it's the same. So too, in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, generally this is a difference between those who speak in the north and the south of India, if you will, between Santi and Shanti, Sakti and Shakti, Siva and Shiva. Doesn't matter if you use the H or not, everyone knows the meaning of these words. So, too, with Hindu, Hindu. And again, Hindu is a most profound word that really typifies what it is to be an Hindu Hindu. And we find this word in the Rig Veda Hindu or Hindu, Samudra, Idhyarti Vayub here. Obviously, these people were not talking to simply a river or a constellation or a valley. They were talking to each other. Hindu samudra idhyarti vayubir. Hindu or Hindu with the support of the breath. Grab a hold of the cosmic ocean within. Hindu samudra idhyarti vayubir. This is the essence of the Hindu yoga dharma, to uncover the cosmic ocean within, which is the atmana, that inner essence that transcends the body, mind, and emotions. Satchit ananda jyoti shakti ananda shanti, or love, light, and energy. Om. This are we with emotions, mind, and body. This is the yoking process, huge yoga, that is Hindu dharma. Dharma also comes from the root dri, meaning to hold. So there's a very similar meaning between the words yoga and dharma and religio. Remember to respect generalities and then specifics. Religion is a general term, and it should not be just associated with the monotheistic religions. Scholars use it to recognize all of the traditions of the world. But yoga and dharma are very specific terms. Number one, they're Sanskrit and Tamil, yoga, yogam, which are specific religious languages, the languages of the Hindu dharma. To yoke, yuj, yoga, and to hold dri dharma. And the supreme duty for all Hindus is to Experience, have insight, if you will, dashana, to their atmana, this inner essence. Hence, atma dashana paramo dharma. Therefore, as Hindu Hindus, this is our unification process, yoga, to experience the atmana. And again, we find this in the Vedas. Yoga samana parivam sapta shravato ratto ga. 
Through the processes of yoga, which is Hindu dharma, one finds their tranquil inner nature and then experiences the atmana. Vidma hitva sahasras atma. Give us the knowledge of atma darshana. So remember that this Sanskrit Tamil Hindu word yoga yogam is general within Hinduism, the Hindu dharma. For our many practices, the lifestyle that is Hindu dharma, karma yoga, Hindu ethics, bhakti yoga, Hindu devotions, raja yoga, Hindu contemplations, gyan yoga, Hindu studies outwardly and inner epiphanies, if you will, hatha yoga, the Hindu devotional postures, which, by the way, is the one that is so distorted today and was never, ever meant to be on display for quote-unquote obvious reasons. And then we have mantra yoga, Hindu devotional chants, japa yoga, Hindu devotional chants on beads, on a mala, nada yoga and nata yoga, Hindu devotional music and dance, nataraja, the divine dancer. So, Hindu and Hindu go together like love and marriage, like yoga and Hindu. Separating them, divorcing them, is unethical at best, but shows a real lack of discrimination, meaning discernment, about how things go together in life, like religion and spirituality. You often heard the really thoughtless cliche, I'm spiritual but not religious. Remember, religio, religion, is the linking process that hopefully leads one to what is in English, the spirit or soul, which refers to that which is incorporeal, which means not your body. Therefore, no body can be spiritual. So it makes that statement totally ludicrous. I'm spiritual but not religious, meaning we have no body. Now, this is why Hindus use the word atmana, because spirit and soul are still connected to the mind that comes from the Greek psyche, whereas atmana is not the mind. But again, spirit, spiritual refers to that which is not your body. So again, don't fall for that cliche of being spiritual but not religious. It's like trying to reach the top of a mountain without having a mountain or a specific path up the mountain. So the bottom line, literally, is to start at the bottom. Foundational work that leads one to an ultimate goal. So again, if we use the analogy of a mountain, the goal is the top of the mountain, but then how do we get there? Now, we can stand at the bottom and, with our ego, self-project ourselves to the top. This is very popular. And you'll see this exemplified in cliches like, we are all one, no division, no labels, no differences. This is standing at the bottom of the mountain, looking at the top, and just assuming that they are there. Whereas the mature individual realizes, well, wait a minute, this is just talk. If I want to get there, I have to find a way up this mountain. These are the different, in general, paths in life, or specifically the different religions of the world. Now, one can follow an established path that was created by others that went before one thereby gaining the help of those that have gone before. Or you could find a completely unique path up the mountain, hack your way through it. It's perfectly viable, but it would be unique. But again, if one ever wants to lead like the Sherpas, one up the mountain, they have to follow, follow, excuse me, follow that whole path entirely. Otherwise, how would they truly know it? How could they lead someone else?
So here we see the absurdity of that cliche, I'm spiritual but not religious. That's standing at the bottom of the mountain, just assuming one is at the top, having never really walked the walk. takes a lot of effort to unify. It doesn't take much effort to dissect, to divorce from one, to just simply walk away. And again, sometimes that's necessary, but when that becomes a habit pattern, that's just a habit pattern of laziness, and actually there's a fear there and a cowardice, a fear of not doing the work, not doing the right thing, not having the courage to follow a tradition, to follow a path, to follow a step-by-step, pade-pade, thread-by-thread, sutra-by-sutra, way to a finished journey, a finished fabric, if you will. So when it comes to the goal of seeking to be married, if you will, to the spirit or spiritual realizations, seek out a path that's comfortable to you. You may have been born into one that works for you, maybe not. Maybe you have to do a little research, find one that's comfortable for you. Or, again, you could create a brand new one, but it would be brand new. But definitely avoid the tendency to divorce any specifics from a religion such as today's yoga. That's the get-rich-quick mindset. A 200-hour certified professional yogi, authoritative yoga teacher. One can clearly see not only the absurdity of that, but the dishonesty of that. And to all the Hindus out there, Be proud to be a Hindu. Recognize you belong to a very specific religion. And again, if you use the analogy of the mountain, these paths can be very, very broad. So there are paths within paths. For example, uh, in the Hindu dharma, there's Saivism, Vaishnavism, Shaktiism. There's many scriptures, many deities, various philosophies. But it is very specific also. It's not everything. It doesn't include everything. That's the fundamentalist universalist mindset. Remember our Nat principle to avoid fundamentalism on the one extreme and the universalist, which is actually a fundamentalist universalist, on the other. Follow the middle path of realizing that your way is a way. It's not the way, and it's not no way or a universal way. Remember the cliche that yoga is for everybody is no different than the faulty cliche Jesus is for everybody. It's a fundamentalist universalist mindset. Hindu dharma is a way. It's the Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle, which begins with karma yoga and bhakti yoga and raja yoga to gyan yoga, including hatha yoga, mantra yoga, japa yoga, nada yoga, nata yoga, kundalini yoga. This is very specifically all about the Hindu path. Hindu, Hindu. And again, what a beautiful word, Hindu. As Hindus worship remains, which means to respect and to revere. And remember, respect also means knowing what to avoid sometimes. For example, we worship the sun in the sense that we're attracted to it, but we also know its power and know when to stay away from it. So with that understanding, we understand what it means to worship everything, because sometimes there's things we need to respect in the sense of stay away from. So Hindu-Hindu is the worship or respect of the moon, Chandra, and Shiva, the rivers, Sarid, and the Matajis, and the sun, Surya, Vishnu, and the Bindu, and then the inner nectar, the soma, the nectar of bliss, Satchit-ananda. All leading, of course, to Atma-darshana-paramo-dharma.
Now, it's important for Hindus, which is a lesson, sadly, they have yet to learn of working together. Ironically, paradoxically, falling into the MO of invaders and colonizers, divide and conquer. Remember, we are Hindu, Hindu Hindus. And we have many synonyms, but it's all about the same thing, whether you call it Ritta, which is actually the first written word, and Dharma, and Vedic Dharma, Yoga Dharma, Sanatan Dharma, which is simply the understanding of the eternal nature that is creation itself. Not that this specific Hinduism is the eternal way for everybody. Also Brahmanism, Hinduism, the Hindu religion, Sabeka, Sarva, Ekam. Don't fall into that trap of separating yourself, for example, saying you're not a Hindu. It's not a foreign word, it's just a different pronunciation. Saying, for example, you're not a Hindu, but a Sanatanist or a Sanatani, or no, I'm a Vedantist, or no, I'm a Saiva, or no, I'm a Hare Krishna. That is falling into the trap of all the invaders, just divide and conquer. No, we are Hindu Hindus. And we all do yoga, all of it, to reach Atma Darshana Paramo Dharma. So as Hindus, we have a great gift to the world, which is found in our greetings, Namaste, Namaskaram, Vanakam, Namo Namaha, which literally mean that you are bowing to the soul or the Atmana, more accurately, in the other person. The recognition that all of us are this inner essence of, in general, love, light, and energy to be respected by how the different religions speak of this and how they practice this, never confusing generalities and specifics. So as that inner essence of love and light and energy, totally provable, we respect the outer forms. We respect the different religions of the world. But remember, that has to be reciprocal. I mean, it does no good if you respect another person's religion and they have no respect for you. It has to be a win-win situation in this case. And don't simply capitulate, Hindus. Be proud of who you are. You're Hindus. You're not Christians. You're not Muslims. You're not Jews. You can respect those people as your fellow brothers and sisters on the planet. This is respecting the diversity of life, but understanding also there is somewhat of a unity within all of us, the love, light, and energy. So here's where we understand the difference between the no-thingness and the many-ness. In other words, zero to one is closer to reality, hence the Sanskrit, Tamil, Hindu, neuter term Brahman for the Big Bang, you see. Hmm. The one, or monotheism, is the problem. That is being stuck out of balance in the left brain. The monotheism, by its very definition, it's a one way that excludes every other way. Think if we were still stuck in Roman numerals, would we have advanced? No. It took the Hindus that came up with the zero. These are not Arabic numerals. The all-important zero, sunya, that makes life compute. This is the binary system. Zero to one, zero to one, zero to one. The one manyness. Out of the no thingness, you automatically have the manyness of creation. Now, in the Hindu yoga, I'm going to use a word. I mean, the best way to exemplify zero is to basically keep our mouth shut. That would avoid a lot of trouble. 
However, when we do speak, we often say within Hinduism, Mauna Vakya Para Brahman. The Supreme Brahman is known how through the oxymoron of silent speech, Mauna Vakya Para Brahman. And remember, Brahman, these are all words we're using just to try to convey these inner experiences and ideals. Brahman is not God, please. Brahman is the Sanskrit Tamil word for the greater forces of this Satchitananda or love, light, and energy. Just think about it. When you're by yourself, you are one essence of love, light, and energy. As soon as you're with somebody else, now you have two, three, four. <laughs> Compound that. That's Brahman. Remember, God is an anthropomorphic term and should never, ever be used by Hindus and should never, ever be used as simply a superficial term. That's really disrespecting the Christians for their belief is that this is a one male as opposed to goddess creator being noun. This is not what Hindus believe in. We believe in huge Atman Brahmancha. We yoke to the Atmana within each individual and then recognize a greater source. But again, we respect the specifics of how people talk about these things and explain these things, and they're not all the same. All religions are not the same. All paths up the mountain are not the same. They are very different and it's up to the individual. You may choose a very curvy path, or you may choose a very straight path, and not all paths go to the top. Some are dead ends. Think about that. So profoundly, back to the song, Love and Marriage. The final verse is that you can't have one without the other. You can't have one without zero. You can't have zero without one. You can't have the no-thingness without the everythingness. And the everythingness without the nothingness. Physicists will tell us that there's more empty space in the atom than there is stuff. Zero to many is closer to reality. Hence the Sanskrit Tamil Hindu neuter term, Brahman, for the Big Bang, you see. Monotheism can be rather crude indeed, rather monistic polymorphism, dharmanupati dharni. So, love and marriage, love and marriage, go together like a horse and carriage. And Hindus, Hindu-Hindu, Yoga-Hindu, go together like a Bindu-Hindu. It's the truth, my brother. You can't have one without the other. And in the Rig Veda, the Hindus would often refer to themselves as Bindus. That's the mark of a Hindu, sometimes made fun of. This is where you have to be strong Hindus. Don't let people make fun of your dharma. Don't let people misuse all of these terms, which sadly they do. They misuse yoga and Ayurveda and chakras, kundalini, guru, mantra. Shame on them, but shame on us for allowing this to happen. So in the Vedas, the rishis said, Hindu samudra idhi bhir, and puram bindu, Hindu hindu, puram bindu, vajri purush, Tutaha, ancient Bindu, Hindu, Hindu, soulful warrior, Atma warrior. Find your youthful, loving warrior by ascending with a good foundation of Ganapati and your first chakra up through the Matajis and your willpower at Manipura chakra into the loving heart, Anahata chakra. And we all know that that's where we experience love, Typified in Hindu Dharma by our youthful, loving warrior deities. Remember, you got to be all three: youthful, loving warrior, Skanda Muruga, 
Hanumanji, Sri Krishna, Durgama. Find your youthful, loving warrior. Then you'll truly find a unification of love and marriage. Om Tatvam Asi Hum Brahmasmi Tatvam Asi Hum Atma Asi Jyoti Shakti Ananda Shanti Love, Light and Energy Om This are we with emotions, mind and body and then respect your fellow human beings on the planet and send them auspiciousness and peace and fullness and tranquility Om Sarvesham Spastir Bhavatu Sarvesham Shantir Bhavatu Sarvesham Purnam Bhavatu Sarvesham Mangalam Bhavatu Just as you can be married to your spouse but you respect the other marriages in the village in the world itself as we go from untruth to truth humbly admitting our ignorance in many areas of life we're all in this together as we're seeking an ever more enlightened state of being, which is also the feeling of light, is it not? As opposed to depression and the inner light. And tapping into that immortal nectar within, the amritam, the soma, the bliss, the ananda, that we clearly exemplified as infants, as senior citizens. What about the in-between years? Don't let the material world cover up, at least for a long period of time, this inner essence of love, light, and energy, which we are. Remove the greed, the anger, the lust, the confusion, the pride, delusion, fear, arrogance, ignorance. And realize, as Hindus say, Tattva Masi, thou art that. We are that inner essence of love, light, and energy. As Hindus, we say, Jyoti Shakti Ananda Shanti, with a body, mind, and emotions. This is love and marriage. This is Hindu-Hindu. This is yoga-Hindu. This is religion-spirituality. Om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamaso Majo Tirgamaya Brityorma Amritam Gamaya Om Shanti Santi Shanti Namaste Namaskaram Vanakam Namo Namaha Priya Vahiva Cha and if you truly love the Hindu Yoga Dharma and you want to help us out, right, so we can continue producing these podcasts for you and help the upkeep of our ashram, please go to our website and classicalyoga.org and there's a donate button if you'd like to help us out. Every little bit helps, believe me. Remember, when you go to your mandirs, when you go to satsangs and ashrams, remember they have to survive. They have all the bills to be paid, so you need to, in a very ethical way, return the favor by leaving a dakshina, bringing an offering. This is good karma. Karma yoga, our first and foundational yoga, just like Mahaganapati, our first and foundational deity, and you all know the story where he stood up to protect his mataji, symbolic of protecting the dharma. Stand up for the Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle, just like Ganesha is. Om Shanti Shanti Santihi.